we've got John Cameron Mitchell here. Yes! We've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. You've got a podcast called what? Anthem Homunculus. What did you call me? Homunculus <laughs> <laughs> means little man, and I would never call you such a thing. Anthem Humunculus. Homunculus. Homunculus. homosexual. You know, I, I, I won't be able to say that. I mean, if we made a song out of it or something, other people can say it. Um, anthem for short. Anthem. Anthem. Yeah. Yeah. Anthem. Yeah. And you got some big ass stars uh, you know who's up on in it? that shit. You know who's on it? Yes. Uh, you know, close but no cigar. Glenn, close but no cigar. Uh, yes. I yeah. that joke too. Yes. Terrible. You know, she came to Hedvig 10 times in the day. Yes. You, it, came you mean once. at the Jane West Hotel? When I was, it, my dressing room was your house. Yes. Because she used to I live lived in that uh, tower. Uh, that octagon, which I passed by there the other day. And uh, it still it's standing? under construction. It's still standing. It's They're under construction. They're doing some fixing. Yeah. I mean, who knew that they could make this tiny, you know, SRO hotel into a hipster place? Into a hipster right? place. Talking about the Jane West Hotel. Uh, that was the first place, I guess, in New York that uh, Hedwig had had run. Did it run somewhere else before that? We did that? a short workshop at West Beth. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of the cabaret spaces are gone except Joe's Pub. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to be at Fez and West Beth and right. started at Squeeze Box. Oh, my God. Hedwig started at Squeeze Box? Yeah, because I was watching, the you know, the great queens of the world and saying, hmm, maybe I can add something, you know, and, like, learn. And Yeah. So I was watching Mistress Formica and Justin Bond and, and you and – Lady Bunny, who said, rock and roll ain't for a faggot. <laughs> and then she kills kills it with a Kate Bush, and everyone goes crazy. Yeah. Um, and it was my the birthplace of Hedvig. Wow. That was in the it. 90s. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Did but this, you perform be, there? Uh, at, at Squeeze Up. No, I didn't perform there. I was actually on, I had finished my downtown run Performing. by then, uh-huh. by Squeezebox. Yeah. But from the time it was uh, it was up at Squeezebox to the time it was the Jane West Hotel, yeah. how much time was that? Four years. Four years? Which is what, you know, the Broadway people tell you is how long it takes to, you know, develop a musical. And we would do it at Fez and Palladium and wherever we got a gig. Once we had a terrible gig in Fire Island for the gay mafia of the 90s. You know, wow. it was like the Geffens and the and the Dillers mm-hmm. and the yeah. Ross Bleckners. Yeah. And uh, they mostly turned away in horror. Really? Towards, <laughs> towards their drinks and uh. towards the beach. And I'm singing, the ocean of love. They're like, ugh. Uh. So it felt like the movie. You know, yeah. like the unappreciated, uh, you know, yeah, survivor. Four years to get to the um, Jane West Hotel. And then yeah. how long? Uh, then the film was actually two year, three years later. Uh, 2001. Who greenlit the film? Uh, Bob Shea, who ran New Line, who right. at the time was doing Lord of the Rings. And he had directed me in a film called Book of Love in the 80s and was just really kind to me. And it was interesting because back then uh, there weren't a lot of queer characters in, in anything very commercial. And I was brought in for this film and the character was really homophobically written. Like every other line was like some stupid yeah. pedophile joke or yeah. S&M joke. And I, I said to – he said, what do you think of the script? I said, you know, Bob, it's really homophobic. And he was like, well, it's homoerotic. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, it is too. But, you know, and he didn't know why because, you know, no one had really brought those things up. And uh, so they changed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and made him straight because they <laughs> couldn't figure uh-huh. out how to make him a positive gig. When in doubt. Yes. When in doubt. But then 10 years later, he saw me and Hedvig, and he and Mike DeLuca at New Line said, 
we want to make this film and we want you to direct. And I had never directed. Wow. And it, it, that wouldn't happen now. You know, yeah, that was right. a magic time when one person runs a studio and now it's all corporate. But um, So when you, they change the character to straight, do they still yeah. keep, did you get to keep the part? Yeah. I mean, I, did, I could do it once it wasn't uh, repulsive. Yeah. And Book of Love, who's who's the star of My that? My friend was in that, too. Who? I remember going to the premiere. Trisha Lee Fisher, wasn't she? Yes. Uh, yeah. Keith uh. Coogan, Chris Young. It was like, you know, it was the 50s, you know, uh-huh. teen joyful thing. And right. It was cute. And then I moved to New York and, and did uh, my first uh, big part in New York, which was uh, – uh, six Degrees of Separation. Oh, wow. Yeah. What what role did you play? I was the guy who falls in love with the black guy who wants to get up in society, and I teach him how to hang out with rich people. Ah. In the play. In the play. <laughs> and Not I, in real I, life. No. no. Well, auditioned. no, there's the movie. Yeah. I auditioned for the movie, uh, but didn't get my own role. Yeah. Uh, That's so weird. I know. But then I met that guy whose name was David Hampton. He's passed since, and he was an evil queen. You know, he was uh, the... The movie definitely, you know, made him more sweet. Yeah. The, the, the play did. But that was such an exciting role to come into New York with. Yes. And then, and then there was The Secret Garden and Larry Kramer. And in, on the Broadway, in the Broadway production of Six Degrees was Starker Channing Starker in Channing the, Broadway, was the original. Broadway? Yeah. Wow. So you got to work with her on that. Yeah. Uh, wow. You know, I was, I told you, I ran into you on the street. Uh, I was going in to see some Broadway. Gypsy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Gypsy, yeah. wasn't it? Did you say yeah. some Broadway show? Some, I don't, we you know. We were Bernadette, I think. I was going to see Bernadette. I, I ran into you. Uh, we were waiting out uh, for the Today Ticks person uh-huh. to come to do our thing. The Redcoats are coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because Rooster loves a deal. Oh, I certainly doesn't? do. Who doesn't? Yes. I love Today Ticks. Yeah. And uh, I, I told you that i just seen Head of the Class with uh, with you in it. Were we this talking character. about that? We were talking yeah, we about it on here. That. And um, I, I was gobsmacked because I didn't know you had done the sort of Hollywood uh, sitcom storyline. Yeah. How many episodes of that show did you do? Just two. They brought me in whenever they did a musical. I was like the musical queen and they did hair. And though Elaine Stritch was in that episode <clears throat> playing the mother of a guy who died in Vietnam. And he's like, how dare you do hair? <laughs> <laughs> And I remember her, or maybe her character, throwing the script across the room. He's like, this is shit. <laughs> I'm like learning from these people. This is shit. I kept imitating her. This is shit. <laughs> um, and I was just singing White Boys. Uh-huh. You know, they had, that was my audition song. White Boys. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, they oh were just my. supposed to do that on NBC, and it got the... Oh, it did. They got the chop. Why? For the Do you live. Know why? For the live. Well, they say controversial. Mm. They're trying to put it more on that than they are the bad ratings for Rent. Right. Yeah. Because it, it, the demise is kind of in now for all the live sure. musicals. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to say that. Oh no, it had nothing to do with with the bad ratings. It yeah. was it's too controversial right now. It's right. Like, really? It's too <sighs> controversial? Hair? That's the yeah. point of hair. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we got John Cameron Mitchell. We're talking about his podcast, which is got some big stars in it. Patty LuPone. That's exactly Patty what I've been is my say. aunt. Yes. She, she plays a junkie she's nun. Hilarious. So it's a scripted podcast. It's always, yeah. It's full on scripted. It's in some ways an alternative autobiography of my own life. I really? Was, yeah, I was faced with like, do I write an autobiography or do I make this, which is less lonely? And Glenn Close can play my mom, and Cynthia Erivo is my the mother of my child, and this incredible South African singer Nakane 
Dennis O'Hare, Marion Cotillard is my doctor. Mm. It's very good. When you're ill, you want Marion Cotillard right there. Absolutely. You IV. said something about I do this or something that's less painful. What was that? What well, I mean, doing an autobiography alone. Have you done that? An autobiography? Yeah. I've dabbled. Yeah, but you dabbled. know, it's like Adjacent. intense if you're really going in there. Yeah. And other people get co-writers and I just knew I'd have to – I didn't want to go in there – go go in alone. So mm-hmm. this is alternative autobiography because it's as if – who would I be if I never left my small town? Mm. Where are you from? Well, I'm an army brat but Junction City, Kansas is kind of where I pubesced and – you know, my brother died there, and it was a, a, a time of, you know, forging of me. So that's where Hedvig lives, and mm-hmm. that's where this character lives who actually lives in Hedvig's old trailer but never met her, you know, heard of her, you mm-hmm. know, second in the world. So my character – I mean, it is weird to think of yourself. What if you never left the tiny – if you're from a small town, maybe you might not have come out, mm-hmm. you know, if you were gay or something – you just hide your light under a bushel and get on, and I'd be a teacher or a librarian or something, mm-hmm. and a, a dangerous liberal shut-in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. making my stuff but maybe not sharing it because yeah. it would ruin it. Right, right. You know, so that – the character has a brain tumor. Yes. And part of the story is that he's, you know, out of insurance, so he goes he goes on an app that I invented called Intellathons, which is a live-streamed Kickstarter Wow. So he's like, I'm staying online till I get the money to get my tumor out uh-huh. or till I die. Whichever comes first, I hope my tumor goes viral. I love that. And, and Anthem Humongous. Anthem Humongous. Humongous. Is that the is that the tumor? Humongous? Humongous. Humongous. Now you're messing me up. No, I, um, I know there's a monkey in there somewhere. There is. <laughs> on my back. <laughs> Well, his boyfriend is also on heroin, so oh, that's to, hot. to bring it back. It's very so, so, like so. It's a sexy. It's very podcast. Yes, and it's very John Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> yes, it is. When you listen to it, yeah. all of it. It just it's it's John's world, and you feel like you're in it. And then, of course, it has my idols all around. In it, Where do so. you find it? Is it on Apple Podcasts? Where do you find the, it? It's a new app called Luminary. You know, they're trying to do more ambitious podcasts with larger budgets and. Trevor Noah and Conan O'Brien and Lena Dunham all have new shows. So we're their scripted one, their big scripted one. And we've got just, you know, 31 songs, 40 actors. Oh, my God. 31 yeah. songs yeah. that you wrote yourself. I co-wrote with Brian Weller, my my composer. And, you know, I didn't realize, I mean, do you play an instrument? I don't. I mean, but you realize you – I always always felt like I couldn't write. I mean, I could write lyrics, but I – but, you know, you realize you know stuff musically, sure. right? Yes. If you don't play. And so I'm, like, writing the melodies and the lyrics with Brian doing the music. Wow. And we just have – we think of it as, like, a musical of the mind or cinema of the mind. Wow. You know, it's just dense. And we're hoping that more people do, you know, really tough stuff or, you know, ambitious stuff now on, on audio. The way it's narrated is very that. Um, it's John's voice. It's all in John's POV. Yeah. And y- y- the whole thing, you feel like you're there. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a drama, a radio drama yeah. should, be. should be. And you're included in all of it, in all angles and a lot of voices coming from the background. And, you know, he'll kind of lead it in and it'll come in. It's just really well done. How many really well episodes? Done. How Thank many episodes? You. Ten. And Ten actually episodes. today, the last two episodes dropped. 
Okay. And the so, soundtrack drops. And the soundtrack, it's on uh, streaming. Yeah, and, you can find that everywhere. Yeah. So through. you have to have this app, though. Yes. I think the first one you can watch for free somewhere, but you you have to go into the into the app. But you can do a free month, you know, and, and if you don't mm-hmm. like the app, you can— It's just a monthly yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It, Humunculus? So uh, anthem. Luminary. Homunculus. Hum, hum. On hum, the hum. Luminary app. Hum, if we get to the luminary and we we put in your name, it'll. Come if you up. put in anthem, 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 anthem. Yeah. yeah, they've got. I saw on a bus the other day. Yeah, huge I'm, I know. buses. They've I'm, got some budget over at Luminary. I'm on a bus. Um, I've got every joke I've been hoarding for the last ten years in there. Uh, some of my favorites are. Uh, I been disasturbating for days, <laughs> uh, which we all understand, and until he finally hits his bottom, who hits him back? Yeah, exactly. And, ah! <laughs> I'm stealing disasturbating. I love disasturbating. I love John. a good portmanteau, you know, so, you know, this is the thing. Okay, so you're from some junction in the Midwest. Yeah. What Jun- junction is it? Junction City, Kansas. Junction City, Kansas. Kansas. You couldn't get a more Americana place. No. Than ju- it, How many people live there? About 25,000. It's right in the middle of the, you know, almost in the exact middle of the country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is hard to so, identify. So, you know, for the people. Where are you from? It should be obvious. New Jersey. South Plainfield. <laughs> South Plainfield. South Plainfield. Central New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. About 45 minutes outside of the Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody I mean, has to do it. What about those people who are still in Junction City, Kansas, who may be gay and who are listening to this? You know, yeah. how were you able to get out? What was your salvation? It was art. <clears throat> it was, you know, being queer in whatever way that means, and as we know, it's a broad umbrella. Yeah. Which really, queer really meaning you're looking at the world through understanding of, of the fluidity of gender. Yeah. That, that's how I identify it, which is why straight people can be queer, which is why, you know, it's a it's a broader group than you expect. Michelle is the queerest person yeah. you'll ever meet. <laughs> I mean, as you know. It's a compliment to me, yes. Yeah, I mean, your queer coercion is very high, and there's yes. plenty of gay guys who are lower. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. never heard of our great icons. So to me, being queer already allows... a there's a kind of, you know, bridge because queer people generally, unless they're tied where they are, and you can always be tied by family or illness or or, or baby, um, we usually think we, – we understand metaphor earlier mm-hmm. because when you have to hide something special about yourself, you understand there's a surface and then there's a, a true nature, which is why you're – when you're younger and queer, you understand art, you understand surfaces, you understand camp, you understand these things that have to do with non-literal. Yes, you nuance. Know, yeah, nothing against straight people, but straight implies things are what they are. Mm-hmm. They're literal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Metaphor implies things can mean other things. Yes. Which is why queer people go into the arts. So I always had that savior, you know, it was science fiction and then theater and – and eventually it was rock and roll and, and whatever, you know, drag, learning about drag like a a person learns the Shakespeare. You know, mm-hmm. to me it's like there's a vernacular and a very broad one, you know, and to me it saved me, you know. Yeah. And the other weird interesting thing about uh, doing Hedvig is that I was very – growing up military and Catholic, 
the worst thing a boy could be is it was like a girl. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you had a higher social status if you were a murderer. Mm-hmm. And so I was always scared of that part of me, and I never, you know, did drag and wasn't attracted to feminine guys and, you know, those things that you learn. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, just a preference, no black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. that, that yeah. thing that, yes, there are fetishes and things that come early, but there's also social things that affect your sex life, your romantic life, your whole life to do with femininity, with race, with age. So once when I finally did Hedvig and, and Michael Schmidt allowed me, because I wasn't a real drag queen, I was just an bro- uptown Broadway boy mm-hmm. learning. When he finally gave me that first gig with Stephen Trask, it was a mind changer, a game, a, my whole life changed because I found the feminine and the masculine that resided in the same place mm-hmm. and could be firing on all cylinders doing Hedvig. And suddenly... You know, feminine guys were really hot to me mm-hmm. after that day. Mm-hmm. Masculine women, it just broke down the scar tissue mm-hmm. of culture, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I think everyone should do their version of drag at some yeah. point. They should also live outside the country for a year. I mean, there's mm-hmm. things you should do in your bucket list for your soul as opposed to. You know, just your tourism. Yep. Absolutely. Now, we're talking to John Cameron Mitchell. Got a new podcast called Anthem. Homunculus. Some, that, that's the word right there. It's on Luminary, which yeah. is not a antidepressant. Nope. It's action well, actual. It actually is an antidepressant. It is. Well, it could be, an yes. Audio um, antidepressant. And we've got lots to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. What's the Tea is brought to you by Squarespace. You know we love Squarespace. Making a website has never been easier, darling. You can make a gorgeous website in minutes using their beautiful templates and simplistic drag and drop platforms. Guys, we've been talking about them for four years, five. How how long have we been going? I think since after the Korean War. Yes, that's a great, great, perfect time. (laughs) When you guys are ready to purchase a plan, get 10% off with the offer code RUE. That's squarespace.com. Offer code RU. Hey, you know what's exciting about Blue Apron is they've got this WW freestyle plan. Now, WW, of course, stands for Weight Watchers. It's a whole new approach to cooking dinner. Oh, imagine being able to cook something that tastes good and you can stay on your eating plan so you don't put on weight, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's what WW is all about. Blue Apron has changed my life. As you know, I'm a working mother. Yes. I have a husband who stays at home who does not know anything about cooking. Uh And Blue Apron has saved my children's lives. And they have thanked me firsthand (laughs) because if daddy has to cook, they go, oh, no, we're going to have chicken nuggets and quesadillas every night. Although that sounds good, it can get boring really quickly. Now, the hardest part of meal prep is deciding what to cook. With Blue Apron, that's where the fun comes in. So if you're craving a delicious spring break, cross the country from your kitchen with the Blue Apron's Best of the U.S. Recipe Series. I've gotten a few of those. Eight tasty weeks of recipes inspired by regional favorites. Um, We got one from New Orleans that was like a a chicken recipe, and the girls went insane for it. So, so delicious. They helped me discover my inner chef and learn new recipes and techniques. I actually love cooking, but I don't have the mental capacity for how to do it the way they do it. So Blue Apron makes it easy and they've exposed me to delicious recipes I never would have thought to try. To start making delicious, bragworthy meals at home without the hassle, try Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get $60 off when you visit blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash ru. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. You know, I've been telling everybody I'm caught up on Prime Video, Amazon Prime, because the old TV show Mission Impossible is on oh, there. Oh, you're still watching And it. I love it so <sighs> much. And you know what? It's just as good as it was back then. I'm really? trying to dissect what it was I loved about it. First of all, what they have to do is 
impossible, <laughs> you know. That's why. And then um, I love the characters. I love Peter all Graves. of Peter Graves and Genius. Barbara Bain, yeah. Martin Landau, that top lip oh. on Martin Landau. I could look at it all day. <laughs> yes. And then there's, there is Peter Lupus, okay? Is he the cute He's No, he is. The muscle guy, uh. he's Willie Arm- Armitage, who is the, the muscle guy. And he in 74, he was in Playgirl. So all you got to oh, do. no, honey. Yeah. Ooh. What you're Just thinking? Google Google Peter Lupus nude. It's very and gifted. And you get to see him. And he's so beautiful. And, and of course, um, Barney, who was uh, Peter, Peter um, um, Greg Morris, who is the black guy on Seinfeld. Yeah. Mor- something Morris, uh-huh. the black guy on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. That's his son, and they look oh. exactly so good, so good. But we got so the two token black guys were related. Well, yes, there's <laughs> the one token to black, guy. but you know what's interesting? I watched this thing, and it's um, he's not even token. He they never they never they never talk about oh Barney's black. He probably can't pass as this. Well, let's they never even address oh, he it. Just he's just job. one of one of them. Which was forward, and it's then. so yeah. brilliant. And you think how did we wind up where we are today? We've all been. On television shows, in commercials, you see commercials with, you know, for Ikea and their gay couples and mixed race couples. And we've all been. And then here we are today. Yeah. How do we get here? I don't know. When the culture has actually Um, been improving. And I I think people just took a backseat to um, all all the things that we thought were okay and thought were gone. Yeah. We took them for granted. Yeah. And then the things that have always hovered underneath, underneath. they've always been there. Yes. The things that you're talking about. Yeah. The fear. Hate, fear. The fear. Yeah. Scapegoating. Um, <coughs> all of that has been there. They've just repressed it because we've been such a loving, welcoming, progressive, moving forward society. Yeah. yeah. And then it happened. Well, you can never underestimate the, the depth of someone's fear, yep. you know? <coughs> yeah. And, you know, every capitalist, you know, uh, exploits it. Sure. It's a great way to make money. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny about the young. You know, the 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 young mice always think they can outsmart the mousetrap. Yep. They never have. No. And those old uh, dinosaur vampire mice who run the world and who have all the money, they know exactly how to construct a trap. Because it's based, the trap is based on your own fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were, before we went to break, we were talking about Junction City, Kansas, and the people who may be in a city similar to that yeah. who didn't make it up. Because the new podca- podcast, which is called Anthem something, is, is about someone who, like yourself, who stayed in yeah. a town like that. What do you, how does a person ignite that fire if they hadn't done it before, whether it's because of family or taking care of sick loved ones or, right. you know yeah. children Baby. I mean I was just talking <clears throat> to a guy in Grinder yesterday <clears throat> oh okay just, just like Michelle which as is as we all do yes it's a very you know it's become more of a you know despite the unfortunate Grinder name it's kind of a for better think tank for better or worse it's become a forum and a social network more than you know and a sex app too but it's interesting, and I, I feel that I may have invented it in the film Short Bus. We had something called Yenta. Oh, yes. Which was pre-iPhone, and it was a GPS-based thing, and it interferes with some, you know, the Ed Koch character's uh, pacemaker and almost kills him. And, um, and I said to my lawyer, this is going to happen. Can we do any? She's like, you can't copyright an idea. You have to patent you know, the technology. Um, but those people in those towns, you know, there is grinder. There are all these things that, you know, one of my jokes, my character, you know, 
grinder in the Great Plains, and I had to drive 60 miles for a hatchback facial. Uh. And, <laughs> and half a blowjob. Which no. half? The wrong half. Um, so, all you know, every town has their interesting people yes. who are too big for that town and maybe destroyed, you know, maybe bitter and, and drinking their life away, but sure. also maybe very active and, and in that community and, you know, the Pete Buttigieg and, you know, making things work too. Yeah. And everyone kind of knows and it's unspoken and whether they're crushed by it or, you know, overcome it or work through it, it it's up to them. Junction City was interesting because it was a military town. So it was much more ethnically diverse, racially diverse than other towns in Kansas. So my first girlfriend was a black girl. Hello, Yvonne. Hey, Yvonne, girl. Hey, girl. She's What's in up? Jacksonville. <laughs> and um, my other girlfriend, uh, Mary Liz. Hello, Mary Liz. <laughs> now Mary lesbian. Liz sounds like a junction, yeah. junction city name. Yes. Yeah, Mary yeah. Liz. She goes by Mary now, but uh-huh. she's uh, with her lovely wife and, and son in uh, Kansas City. Uh-huh. So going back to a reunion um, at my age, you know, at our age is a healthier thing than going – before, because you know, the first twenty years, people are just comparing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, how are you doing? What am yeah. I doing? Mm-hmm. But no matter what you've done, if you go to your reunion after fifty, let's say, everyone's equal yeah. because mm-hmm. you have survived. Mm-hmm. You've seen some people die. Mm-hmm. You you made it there, and it was so healthy. You know, and I like the Midwest thing because it's more like few words but well meant. Right. You know, and the sense of humor is kind of slyer and. I like that. I realize that's part of me, you know, is the, even though I wasn't in the Midwest the whole time, I like that kind of, hey, you did okay. I yeah. did okay. We're all right. Yeah. You yeah. know, let's just. And they're still there? Yeah. Well, many. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just loved being there. And I, uh, it inspired, you know, stuff from the podcast. I also was obsessed with William Burroughs as a kid, and he lived nearby in Lawrence. Mm. And this trip, I knocked on his door. He's passed. Mm-hmm. And Tom, the caretaker, was like, what? You know, and I <laughs> said, I'm writing a musical that might happen in this house. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I never heard that one. Mm. <laughs> and James Grauerholtz, Burroughs' partner, invited us to write the first draft at Burroughs' house. No way. Wow. Of the podcast. Of the podcast. Wow. So wow. he becomes a character in it. That my character wants to be his, you know, him to be his mentor, and ends up becoming coming his methadone mule, and and you know, fucking him periodically. I mean, it happens. Oh, asking my. him to read yeah. my memoir, and he's like, "Ah, just fuck me harder." Oh, um, and then AIDS hits. You know, we, we actually hear on the radio as I'm fucking him. Rock Hudson just died, mm. and I pull out, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And and then he runs back home. Uh, because he's scared, mm-hmm. you know, and of course AIDS did that to many people as they – some it made heroes out of them. Some it killed them and he, they were heroes too and some retreated, mm-hmm. right? And they just closed the door, closet door and just, you know, it was a game ender for that. And, and so there was – I mean – and the government, you know, AIDS was our Vietnam, yeah, right? Because we went, oh – is this is really happening, mm-hmm. and these people are really not caring. Nope. Yeah, and right. it's raging for fifteen years, and nothing. And that formed a whole generation. If it didn't kill you, of under of saying, well, maybe they're not thinking about our well-being, and there's other things to be questioned. I think it's led to you know healthcare demands. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
queer rights demands. You know, it, all those people had to die. They didn't have to die, but they died, and on their bodies rose the demand for dignity. Absolutely, absolutely. And, now, John Cameron Mitchell's here. We've got this uh, podcast called Anthem. Now, what's interesting is that you've got these huge A-list stars in this podcast. They're massive. How did you, They're physically huge. Too. You're physically <laughs> huge. How did you get them? Did you make phone calls? Did you go I through just their agents? Did Glenn and Patty know they were each going to go? Glenn and Patty. I, <laughs> Glenn and Patty are people. Oh, that's right. Yes, they're just a big there's, deal. Oh, my There's God. a bit of history there. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, you know, John, I was very, very delicate. You know, I felt I was very... Um, Diplomatic. Uh, I was very diplo- I was very uh, Dag Hammarskjöld. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone remembers, no. Mm. Uh, Kofi Annan. Yes, anybody out there? Hello. Butros, Butros, Gali. Yeah. Um, the, remember that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I want to be, Secretary General of the UN, mm. and that's what directing is. It actually is. I mean, that's isn't what it? you have to do on your show. You have. All right, everyone. Yes, uh, the voice of authority mm. and of order. And care. Too. Yes, and care, mother. Yes. Um, and I felt honored to be in their presence, but I did keep them apart. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and and all of the people I knew somewhat, except Cynthia Erivo, you know, one Lovely. of the God-given oh. talents. Oh my goodness! Yeah, from the color purple, and will be now in playing uh, uh, Harriet Tubman oh. in a biopic coming out later this year. Is it a musical? No, it's not a musical, but it's a, poss- a possible egot. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. maybe a P-Got if there's Ooh. a potty award. Oh, that, oh, you sexy talker, <laughs> sweet it. talker. I love a P-Got. Yeah, I saw her in this movie called Bad Times at the El Rio. Rio. Royale. Royale. Oh, my God. She's fi- spectacular She's in so that. She is. Good. I didn't see. Wait a minute. Did I see the, did no. you see the color? No. I saw the color purple. The original. Yeah, in on in 03, but I didn't see the— You didn't? I, I, I didn't see the new one that she's from, right? Why the recent. Not? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw 03, the, the first one. I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. You no. may have missed it. I have missed it. I'm sure we're going to get to meet her just because She'll be we've been trying oh, well, to yeah, circ- yeah. we've been circling her for a long time yeah. for Drag like Race. Sharks. She's an incredible star. Yeah. Did um, you make personal phone calls to get these people to— Why she, did they do it? She's because— it was, you know, there's so little good work. You know, films, small films are fading. Uh, Sadly. It's mostly blockbusters. There's can be good TV, but even that is starting to feel a little, you know, cookie cutter. And, you know, Broadway only has so many interesting things. So podcasts, you can do a whole season in a couple days mm-hmm. with these mm-hmm. actors if you're well organized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they do a song. We, I, Cynthia, I was... I saw her twice in The Color Purple and was just weeping throughout. And I said I have to write something for her. So I wrote her five songs in this movie, in this, mu- uh, in this musical. Nakani is someone I met because he was in a, a film called The Wound, a South African singer who's spectacular. And I couldn't get through to him, so I DM'd him on Instagram. Hellier. And he's like, I was just watching Short Bus. Uh-huh. Uh, for one of my videos. And, I, and it was so cool, you know. The internet can kill some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, pe- I feel like young people are not even having sex and being less romantic because of the internet, you know, because life is messy and the yeah. internet yeah. is easier. Yeah. But it also can connect you, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I met this guy across an ocean and who was part of my tribe, you know. It's like, it's so wonderful. And we flew him in and, 
and did, I wrote five songs for him too. And so it was a dream and they can all do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And you can also, like Patty would be in London doing company and I'd need her to do one line. I was like, honey, just shout fuck you into your iPhone with a towel over your head yeah. and text it to me. Yeah. And she's like, done. Yeah. And I said, and take a picture of the towel <laughs> over your head for the making of. She's like, done. And there's a, a sense of like, oh, we're making it like a show, you know, like yeah. a, a like, school show. I've got show. a barn. My mom's got a sewing yeah. machine. And yeah. I don't have to right. shave. Yeah. Right. I love that. That's fit. So now, okay, there are 10 episodes of Anthem, which is yeah. on um, Luminary. Luminary. Uh, uh, antidepressant. Antidepressant. <laughs> exactly. And so you did this over the course of, of how long? It took us longer than we expected. The recording was about two months. And then the mixing and fixing uh, was about nine. You know, nine months? Yeah, because really? it was like a baby. Yeah. Because uh, on a film, you actually have a huge sound team. And in our case, we had one editor and one sound person. So it just, you know, a hundred monkeys eventually will type the Bible. Yes. Or make my musical. Yeah. So it was just working really a long time, but, you know, any, anyone can do it. And I learned how to record and mix a little bit myself. And it was fun to do something I hadn't done at my advanced age. You know, it keeps the Alzheimer's away. Advanced age, get real. You know, well, through the... Sean, I mean... Well, listen, the pioneering work Sondheim that Cher, is still writing Cher has done and Goldie Hawn has made the pioneering us children <laughs> at in our mid-50s. Yes, we are novices. I mean, children. Yes. It's true. I mean, the pioneering facial work. No, the... <laughs> I, uh, if I was to get something, what would it be? I think oh, darling, we all think about here. it daily. Yeah, daily, daily, hourly. Yeah. I, was a, I was a kid. I was like, Barbara Streisand, you don't get no nose job. And I love that. And now I'm like, maybe I just tell her. <laughs> it's so advanced now. They'll yes, never know. we all start somewhere and yes, end somewhere else. Yes, yes. Now, we're talking to John Cameron Mitchell about the new podcast, uh, which is on Luminaire, e. which is an app. E. Luminary uh, app. Uh, diplomat. There it is again. Luminary. Yeah. Luminary. And then... Uh, uh, all these stars. We're going to go to break, but um, before we go to break, so where, how many things did not wind up? Did you have to cut certain storylines in this thing? Or I, songs? Um, no, we actually, I mean, we cut down songs because in your musical you might have, you know, a verse, but in the soundtrack is the whole whatever, thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked incredibly well with my composer, Brian Weller, who's not well known. Um, and it was complimentary with all these other things I was doing. My mom has Alzheimer's, needs a lot of money for her care. She's very happy now, but I had to go back out on the road. Um, I'm doing a Hedvig-themed th- concert where I talk about the making of Hedvig mm-hmm. and oh I God, sing amazing. the songs. Uh, a crass, you know, it, you know, plea for, for, for money. mom's where, where can money. Pe- where can people uh, get tickets to that? Yes. Is there a li- website they can go to to we find out about that? We haven't quite got one, but we've got um, – Mexico City uh, in when on Wednesday. Oh, that'll be huge. Miami. Oh, oh uh, it's happening now. Ha- I've been doing City. it for a year. John, you can get some work done while you're there. Yeah, very cheaply yes. and yes. a LASIK on It'll my be mouth. Great, well, John. He, he did LASIK on my mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I can, or my lips can see f- <laughs> on a clear day. I can see forever. Just some paper. Um, yeah, and then. I can't wait to be in Mexico City because it's in a golden age now, I hear. Yeah. Um, Miami, June 8th. New York for World Pride. Oh, Three that's shows. Massive. What's the Hall, venue? Town a Town Hall. Hall. Huh. Yeah, and that's going to be a million homos uh, crowding 
our city. That Absolutely. sounds like a laugh right. Well, for me it is. <laughs> Sounds like a nice night. I, like I'm going to get some more cities from you. We're going to go to yeah. a break real quick, but I want to ask more about that. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell, we'll be right back after this. Hey, Michelle, do you ever lay in bed at night just uh-huh. thinking about what you happened today, what she said, he said, can't get to sleep because just your whole day is going on in your head? Yes. Well, there's a solution. Yes. That's why we are excited to partner with Calm, the number one app to help you meditate, sleep, and relax. And practices like meditation and prioritizing sleep, you like that word? Uh-huh. Prioritizing yes. sleep yeah. can leave you feeling more rested so you have the energy to go out and achieve your goals. I have to tell you, you've heard us talk about Calm before. What I love most, there's a million things on Calm that you can do, honestly. Sometimes you can just listen to the rain, like they have rain, river, lightning, thunder, storm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that in of itself is amazing, but they have guided meditations on things like anxiety. Now, after I got my explant surgery, um, my husband went inside a Starbucks when we were down at my doctor's in Newport Beach. It's mm-hmm. a true story. He's allowed to go into Starbucks by himself. I was okay, and then he went in, and I started to have a panic attack, but mm-hmm. a bad panic attack because my body is going through all these changes. And instead of calling him and going, get back in the car, what are you doing? He's allowed to have his coffee. Mm-hmm. I turned on calm, and there was a five-minute like rescue calm. Oh. And as he was in there, it absolutely worked. That is, yeah, that is called taking care of yourself. That is called taking care of yourself. And I thought if I didn't have this, you know, I wouldn't have been able to take care of it that moment. And it's really fantastic. They also have sleep stories. So Rue was asking about laying in bed and not being able to stop the mental chatter. Sleep stories are bedtime stories for adults. They help you relax before you doze off. Head to the lavender fields of France with Stephen Fry or explore New Zealand with Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones unbelievable stuff on here, you guys. I love it. Just remember, this is a limited time offer, so we're going to let you know what it is. Just for you listeners, you can go to calm.com slash rue right now, and you get 25% off of a Calm subscription. That's dot com slash rue. Give yourself the gift of Calm. Seriously, it might change your life. Calm. We are back. We've got John Cameron Mitchell. He's got a podcast called Anthem Homunculus, and it's on Luminary. And guys, just so you know, Uh Luminary is incredible. And it's like it's a monthly subscription for podcasts and they're going all out. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell's one is the scripted one, but there's all sorts of big names. Lena 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 Dunham, Russell Brand. Yeah. You know, the guy who did Slow Burn, which is a great documentary series, is doing a new one. You know, guys that I fucked that podcast. Really? Oh, I should have written is that. on there. That's a I great. Oh my god, I don't know if you, you couldn't. I mean, that's kind of that we'll could be. A, that would be very years. long. That would yes, be a very long. <laughs> open legs, open doors. You know what I say? You can limit it, guys. I fucked in the nineties. Yeah. Now I want to ask you. I want to ask you about this tour you're on. You're on a tour doing sort of a speaking tour, singing songs from Hedwig. Yeah. Hedvig. Thank you. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, so you're on that tour. I mean, when you saw Hedvig, I remember you clearly coming up to the the tower. At Jane West Hotel, yeah. At Jane Hotel. And uh, in a, you know, still a a SRO, meaning what would non-New Yorkers call it, a welfare hotel. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, where some folks still reside, yeah. you know, because they couldn't winkle them out, right. uh, the fancy hotel people's. I, I know one queen who is like, they're not getting me out. You know, they, they don't know who they're up against, somebody without a life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were like encroaching on her part of the hotel and, she, you know, and m- messing with her, you know, pl- doing loud hammering, you know, early in the morning. And uh-huh. So she she got a water balloon full of her own urine and oh. just rolled it down, you know, threw it down the 
call it the work. Wow. Welcome to New York. And yeah. they left. That was old New York, right? Yes, that was old New dreams. York. Well, you know, the Jane Hotel, I, we called it the Jane West back then. Yeah. It's on the West Side Riverview. Highway. Riverview. Yeah. yeah it's another way. Uh, it was where they took the survivors of the t- Titanic. That was the first place they slept on, on dry land. At the land. Jane Hotel. Yeah. At the Jane Hotel. And there were some the pictures of uh, the survivors in the ballroom where we did the yeah. show. And Hedvig, you know, would shout out to the, you know, unwashed, you know, people washed, blasted by hubris and washed yeah. up on these shores. And Hedvig was like, I who am simply blasted and washed up, <laughs> salute you. <laughs> and it became uh, such a special, you know, Broadway wasn't, really welcoming to what we were doing and drag was considered low class and you know it wasn't on Broadway it was like La Cage was the only thing and it w- even though in other countries like Britain dra- drag is part of the culture mm-hmm. you know and straight people and Dame Edna and you know mm-hmm. Australia but in the US it was still kind of you know mm-hmm, you know what are you doing friends of mine would be like How, what are you doing destroying your career mm. drag and punk rock how does mm-hmm. that relate to Broadway. Yeah. So we had to claw our way. You know, all the theaters in New York um, abandoned us. So I tell these stories in The Origin of Love, this concert tour, and I have an amazing costume, uh, which you can see here. On po- oh, we're on a podcast. We're on a podcast, yeah. but we can describe it. Yeah. I'd well, love to describe you it. You can also Google Who it. Who made it? Who? This guy named Eric Bergeron, who's a genius that no one knows. Is this in for New the York. tour? For the tour, okay. and it's got it, you, you're going to gasp um, at the magic. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's a wow. kind of cubist head thing. It's kind of like... Um, oh, wow. Like, it's kind of like Rudy Grinrich meets Klaus Nomi. Meets uh, so many. It's black and white and beautiful. It's got a kabuki... Yes. Silhouette. It's, mm-hmm. it's and very it's, angular. They love it in Japan when I do it in Korean. Oh, Japan. my God. It's so it's beautiful. It's so – you know, um, the movie for uh, Hedvig, the drummer, I, every time I watch it, I keep my – Eyes on that really, really and your hand on the what? Sexy <laughs> fist full of Jergens there lotion. You go. Uh, Michael Aronoff, who went on to win a Tony Award for uh, for I think the man with a motherfucking hat or something, mm. you know. And he was a brilliant is a brilliant actor who was originally I think born in Uzbekistan. Really? And you know, had to play a bunch of Russian thugs for a while, right. but now is doing extremely well. And he never played drums, so he learned to play for the movie. He wasn't a real drummer. No. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just thought I love a commitment like he that. is he's a real sexy. If you haven't go back and watch Hedvig the movie, directed I own it. by uh, uh, John Cameron Mitchell here. He went on to do short bus. How many years between Hedvig and Short Bus? About Five, I I find that I didn't want to, you know, after Hedvig, I got offered a lot of Hollywood things, but I was old enough or stupid enough to say, oh, I just have to do things that I love. And, you know, I turned down an, a, an X-Men character to play. And really? I, really? And I was offered to direct Rent and, you know, some other things. And I was like, I just, you know, I need to do my own thing. So I did something completely uncommercial, which was... Short bus, uh, which has real sex, you know, amongst the characters, but presented in a way that I consider non-pornographic because, you know, is all sex pornographic or is it also connected to emotion and 
comedy and, you know, most of it is bad sex, which I find hilarious. And it's about a woman who's never had an orgasm and trying really hard. I don't blame her. And it was... <laughs> it's a bitch. You don't know what you're missing, kid. Look, I faked an orgasm too. You. I don't know. I never It's much harder have. for you guys yeah. to fake than it is for us to fake. It's about the lighting. Yeah, I guess it is. It's true. You're absolutely sure. right. You know, I saw Short Bus at the Quad Theater, and I swear to you, I shit you not. Yeah. Behind me. Ed Koch. No, not at Koch. Close. There were two rats making sweet love Stop. in the seat. Be- I swear to God is my witness. Two what? Two rats, rats <laughs> making sweet, <laughs> sweet love. Yes. In the seat in the, right on. behind me. I've never been to the Quad Theater since. Well, they've remodeled. Have they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> rats two optional. Rats I swear love. to God. I swear. Oh, that's two actually rats really cute. You know, making I love rats. Sweet, sweet love. You know those oh, horse shell crabs? Yeah. You know, the uh-huh. really prehistoric things? Yep. Yeah. Well, in at the end of Short Bus, uh, our lead is masturbating on a bench on the beach mm-hmm. in Staten Island. And uh, it the, the day we shot, you know, the Christian boom operator refused to bring that equipment piece in because he heard there was masturbation going on. Um, so we had to get another one, and then it happened to be the one night of the year that the horseshoe crabs mate. Oh. So if you look very closely, you can see them climbing onto, you know, people's shoes and things. Just looking you know, for things to hump. Yeah. Wow, hump. wow. Yeah. Oh, so, now, great. Now, and now, tell me about the Nicole Kidman film that you directed. Rabbit what Hole. Was, Rabbit Hole? Yeah. What was it like to work with the dynamo that is uh, BMX Bandits, Nikki Kidman? <laughs> I'd like to know. Uh, Nikki Kidman, who had watched Short Bus and not really commented on it, but <laughs> cast you know cast me as her director. She hired me. She hired you. On an instinct because I, uh, I lost my brother when he was four. I was 14, and it's about a mother losing a child at four. And so I, I really – I was really moved by this beautiful play by uh, David Lindsay Abair, and I, I just talked about my life and – you know, and and she just felt it and said, "Let's do this on you know conventional director." And she got an Oscar nomination. It was spectacular. I feel that I sort of brought her back. I sort of she was sort of a comeback in a way. Yeah, yeah. And now she's you know the goddess. She was out of fashion for a while. Yes. Remember, people were like, "Oh, she's crazy," and you know. But she's, don't you think that happens a lot with? Yeah, it comes and goes. Yeah, you have to be ready for it. You're in, you're out. Don't read the press. Right. You know, I don't read reviews or box office. I get I like one on one DMs on Instagram yes. on how they feel. Yeah. Because you just can't help but be hurt by someone who's sure. a professional critic. Right. And by default, if you if you uh, believe the good reviews, you actually have to also have believe, to believe the, the bad. bad right. Yeah. You know. You, how did your how did your brother die at four? He had a heart problem from birth, um, but didn't have any symptoms till that one night. So the podcast... Oh, so they didn't know. No, we, we just knew he had an irregular heart. And uh, it's, you know, it's recounted in the podcast, you know, in episode two. That, um, he didn't, in that he drowns, but in, in my life he didn't. So my mom, all of us, you know, it was the 70s, so you didn't really talk about it. So, right? There was no therapy, really. Um, so you had God mm-hmm. or you got on with it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 
And God was generally like, he's an angel. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not enough for me to understand this. In fact, that's maybe the death of a certain kind of God mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. I prayed that he would live in the hospital and then he didn't. And uh, I was like, hmm. So you were let down. I don't think there's a purpose to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our family kind of exploded. My mom became very religious uh, an anti-abortion activist mm-hmm. because she's like, if I lose a child, no one else will. Mm-hmm. You know, that reason, that yes. crazy yes. reasoning. Yeah. I met the woman who spearheaded the fight against gay marriage, Maggie Gallagher, on a show, Politically Incorrect, years ago. And she was the only actually nice person. She asked me to sign a Hedwig DVD. Hmm. Oh and God. later I saw her as the leader of the National Organization of Marriage. And I was started emailing her. I was like, now why would my you know marriage affect you really? She's like, oh, it just changes the definition. All those things that they would say, right, that were vague and fear-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I tried to remain respectful, and we both did, and talking. And it's like, what if your son, for example, the one who loved Hedvig was gay? You know, would you support him being in a union if he wanted to? Because she says, I'm not homophobic. She's just mm-hmm. against the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. And I, she's like, I just can't do that. And then I said, but why would it affect? And she finally came out with it, which was, I was left at the altar pregnant. Oh, dear. Mm. And I feel that if gay marriage passes, then fewer straight men will want to get married. Okay. It all comes down but to that, that personal trauma. Yes, it does. Always does. It? Yeah. You can, still doesn't have reason. That's it still, still not based It doesn't reason. make sense. But my mom's does, anti-abortion act didn't right, make sense either. Right, right, but right, right. but it all comes down to a person's uh, inside story. Yeah. Like we talked earlier about um, people who are queer can see beneath the thin veneer of, of the, the facade of the surface. And when you get down to it, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with a friend about uh, a, 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 a spat that was happening in their relationship. And I was able to go, oh, you know what? Um, it's this. Right. It's this right here. And it's interesting. And to be able to do that for yourself is really, really interesting, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what she's if she's changed her mind. But my mom uh, became obsessed with the Virgin Mary. She would – because also someone who lost a child. Yeah. So – in Catholicism, the only feminist avenue is the Virgin Mary, who's yes. a bit dull. You know, there's nothing Mary's their shit. You can project on yeah. her, the great mother goddess, whatever. You know, she's sort of the she, I almost feel like she's trope. more important than Jesus yeah. in Catholicism. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean you? to to many cultures, yes. which is why Protestants got rid of Mary worship and they took that naked Jesus off the cross and all those other things that could have been. Ooh, dirty. Mary. <laughs> no saints, you know, Protestants just, you know, reduced it to the wood and, you know, personal relationship with God. And it's like, uh, I prefer the Catholic where it's more gay. Yeah. So she uh, would and visit. And the grandeur. The, the grandeur. And the pageantry so and the clothes. Oh. So much, Charlie. So and the, much. You know, for the young listeners, Cardinal Spellman was the famous gay, I wouldn't call him queer, um, closet case cardinal of the 60s and he was quite a bon vivant and uh-huh. you know was like a you know had an active gay life uh-huh. but in that kind of weird Catholic you know Ooh, there's way. a musical there yeah and That's the just... famous story is he was going down on midnight mass you know down St. Patrick's aisle I bet he was going down <laughs> and some queen in, in the you know in the, the aisle seat as he passed with the uh, incense you know thurb for uh-huh. thurber thurble 
uh, said, whispered to him as he went by, love the dress, but your pocketbook's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was not apocryphal because oh, that's amazing. That oh was old God. New York. Oh my that's God, hilarious. that's hilarious. We've got John Cameron Mitchell. The podcast is called Anthem. It's on Luminary. Luminary. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Child, we get so many good emails from our listeners talking about their experience using Squarespace. Now, you know Squarespace is the place to go to get to create your own website. And it's so simple, so beautiful, the templates and the whole drag and drop storyline. It couldn't be easier. Yep. Now, listen, if you have a website that you've made through your Squarespace uh, storyline, drop us an email over at rupaulpodcast at gmail.com and tell us about your Squarespace experience. Now, Michelle, I know you got a letter over there. I do, baby. This one says, hi, RuPaul and Michelle. Thank <laughs> all the gay gods for you, your show and your podcast. You've helped me through many a rainy day as an artist and an illustrator. I often work by myself and listening to you guys kiki banter and laugh is always great company. I recently took your other advice and built my new illustration portfolio website on Squarespace. Holy shish kebab, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the those grandmas that put the mouse on the computer screen. So the fact that I was able to do this myself and have it look good and professional too is a small miracle. You can find my Squarespace portfolio on www.juliansteps.com. That's Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N, Stips, S-T-I-P-S.com. Some illustrations include naked mans. It's just oh, saying. okay. Please keep on filling the world with glitter and joy. Lots of love from Amsterdam, Netherlands, Julian Stips. Oh, that's fantastic. That's Thank you, nice. Julian. Yeah. And you too can get a free trial with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com. Uh -huh. Yeah. When you're blown away and ready to confirm a plan, use the offer code RU to get 10% off. Thanks again to Squarespace and keep sending in your websites to rupaulpodcast at gmail.com that's squarespace.com offer code are you we are back with john cameron mitchell having a hoot uh the, talking about the podcast uh it's called anthem humongous uh-huh homunculus yes it's on luminary, on luminary. Yep. and you know what i was watching one of my favorite movies the other night and i realized that your who, who your doppelganger is now when i say this i'm sure someone has said this to you before Rachel Griffith? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I was watching Muriel's Wedding, uh -huh. which is where we were all introduced to Rachel Griffith. Yeah. Griffith. Griffith? Griffith? I, I never know. I never yeah. know. I never know. Uh, and I thought, oh, my God, the proportion in the face. When was Nose. the first time you heard that? I heard it because she was doing six or uh, what was her thing? Griffiths. Oh, six, six, feet, six under. feet under. Six feet under, yes. And I was... <clears throat> I had just done Hedvig, and we were both at the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. Yes, I was. You know, periodically, I'm, I'm, you know, welcomed in and to then the inner circle. rejected. Yes. Um, but I enjoy being outside it and popping in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, I had a faux hawk. Remember when those were actually cool? Yes, I loved them. And uh, David Lynch said, "Nice hair from across in the smoking area." Uh -huh. You know, there were the like high school. Uh, you know, there were the. The cool kids, yes, cool kids smoking, quad, saying yes. this gold globe, this prom is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still there. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And then the TV people are actually kind of more sane. They're more like theater people because they have a regular job, uh -huh. you know, paychecky. Yeah. Film uh -huh. people are crazy. Yeah. But the th the TV people are more like you know the student council, and uh -huh. they'd be like in the bathroom going, "Oh my god, I saw Nicole Kidman," and it would be like Sarah Jessica Parker and. And then Rachel Griffiths. And someone said, 
uh, you know, you, you you do look like Rachel Griffith in drag. And I said, oh, she's over there. I'm going to go tell her. She goes, don't. She won't understand. Oh. So she's I, Australian. I, she has to understand. I know, but I, I, I don't know. I, I was told not to. So then I just went to talk to Helen Mirren uh-huh. <laughs> and David Hasselhoff together. What? Oh. David Hasselhoff and Dame Helen Mirren. Mirren. Very different heights. Yes. Uh, he liked Hedvig a lot. Uh-huh. He's a singer, you know. Wow. Oh, he is. Wow. Big so in it was a, a crazy, uh, fun night. Everyone's really drunk. They're barely there for their awards because they're peeing. And yeah. there's no, you know, policing going on. Yeah. And the cool kids, you know, the Brad Pitts and the Coles, who are like the cheerleaders and quarterbacks, yes. are in a certain thing, and then we're all looking, and it's a it's a funny. Uh, so you never went over never ends, to Rachel. You never, have you ever so met, you never her met her before? I never met her yet. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, so I'm scared. She's a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant actor. She's great. Really, I also feel like she's Australian. If anybody's oh, she gonna get it, get it no. she's gonna. I'm get sure people it. have so actually said that to her because when you see Re- Juliet um, Lewis, have also been confused. Yes, yes, who absolutely. I love. Another yeah. brilliant. Brilliant yeah. actor. And singer. Great singer. And great singer. She's a great talent. <laughs> Psychology. Yes. Just get a little concerned with that. Well, oh. you know, everybody's no, so, got their Vietnam, the, Michelle. And their, all right, we'll give you that. And Catholicism is just as crazy. I mean, we yeah. all, you know, some people grow up with it too, you know, and it's yeah. hard to just I think most, separate because, yeah. you know, your family might shun you like the yeah. Amish. Do you, do, yeah, it's do you have a risk. spiritual practice that you do? I'm really, you know, in the show, I. There's a character of Tommy Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, yes. and that re- refers to the Gnostic Gospels, the Christian ones. And I grew up super Catholic. My brother died. I became gay. I was like, this version of God and religion don't work. But I still had that. You know, the divine to me is is art. You know, the yeah. theater is my church. and But also that, you know, the Bible as my aunt – a nun, Sister Terry, you know, who's in her 80s and is the coolest, most liberal nun that Patty Lapone is playing, oh. is like, Johnny, when will they understand that the Bible is just a bunch of metaphors, some of which are very useful? Yes. Wow. Yes. Very forward thinking. And some aren't. And uh, to talk about them as, you know, literal, tr- what? Right. They're just contradictory. Art, the Bible, religion, meditation, Buddhism, it's all a set of metaphors. And practices that you can find, you know, the meditation I, I do, and that does center me. I don't think of it in a Buddhist way, but I think of it in a personal, mm-hmm. ah, I'm here now in mm-hmm. the world. And when I see a beautiful piece of art, there's that beautiful feeling after it where you're like, my, I'm, I have the right prescription for my eyes now. I can see things. I can see kindness. I can see contradiction mm-hmm. i can see the beautiful world yeah and it takes art which are like a glasses they're like a telescope to see it and other people use other things to do that yeah. and I, I i as long as there's peace and respect i honor every one of them yeah. whatever works if you need a psychic that's only on tv you know mm-hmm. do it if you need uh, to do ayahuasca, mm-hmm. to find something inside which I've done, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, do it if it's a little scary. Maybe not a lot scary, but go, go go somewhere that's a little scary if you find yourself drawn to it. We all know that boredom and depression is sometimes the body and mind's way of saying time for change. Yeah, right? yeah. 
you know, yeah. and that listen to that. Obviously, depression is the hard one because you can't get up to do it. You know, anxiety is another modern ill that I think digital technology emphasizes, Mm -hmm. you know, that idea of never pausing and like, yeah, you know, you can't, everything is filled with something, you know, and you start when, when you're saturated, you forget about things like politics and and Trump and, Mm -hmm. and, and things you need to, we need to be dealing with because it seems overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you get young people not voting in the last presidential a election lot. because some mm-hmm. because of some fake news that equated Hillary with Trump. Yeah, right, right. You know, and it's like thinking for yourself, getting out of that Facebook, you know, herd mentality on the left and on the right. Because yeah. on the left, you also have starting to have boxes sure. you have to tick yeah, yes. of course. to yeah. be appropriate and be woke. And on the right, they've perfected the uh, dictator Mm-hmm. Uh, mode, Model, yeah. which is, you know, give it up for the strong man, yeah. you know, and let him do it. It's surprising who they chose. Yeah. Uh, you know, but on the left, too, our problem on the left is like, no one's pure enough. Right. So who can our candidate be? You're not black enough. You're not gay enough. Right. You're not woke enough. You're too old. You're you said too white. something in 1975 that uh, yes, that may have me... been inappropriate. Yeah. It's like we all did. Thank God there wasn't like a phone around Hello. when we were kids. New thing yeah, right yeah. Now. Well, yeah, I think Sister Terry is is on to something because yeah. she's absolutely right. You know, and you so beautifully said earlier in the podcast about queer people are people who can see the different levels of consciousness and beyond the facade. And you're right. The Bible has beautiful metaphors that are very useful. Some of them not, some of them not, but it's for each person to find that. Unfortunately, most people don't look deeper than the surface because it would force them to deconstruct their belief system, which is the scariest thing on earth. Right. If one thing get one chink, you know, brick comes out of the wall, it might they think it might crumble. Yeah. As opposed to become strengthened. I don't know if wall is the right term, but you know, we find inspiration in in many ways, and most people are lazy, um, which doesn't mean they're bad people. Mm -hmm. It's just life is hard. And, and not lazy, but let's say don't have a lot of energy mm-hmm. to well, question the establishment or are a little shallow and go for just, you know, the, the surface. Yeah. And that's queer people too. Queer people with a certain amount of acceptance, there's a certain amount of complacency and silliness. Sure. And, and the price of fewer queer suicides, unfortunately, is more queer Republicans mm-hmm. because it starts to become about – once you're you're not persecuted, it's like, oh well, I'm going to make some money, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know this, mm-hmm. and you forget empathy, mm-hmm. you know, and you, queer people are forgetting that that fight is a broad one for respect, you yeah. know, which is not the same as like you have to be absolutely correct in the in the most you know Oklahoma way. <laughs> There's got to be complexity, and we all know that in effect we are a gender of one. Yeah. yeah. You know, our culture is very binarchy based and queer and straight people honor that too much. I'm a man, therefore this. I'm a woman, therefore this. I'm even becoming a man and therefore in this. And I'm going to become a woman so I can be that. But you, but the wokest people are look, listening inside, listening to their friends and realizing when empathy dies, woke is over. Right. You know, 
it's got to be your own gender, ultimately. Finding your own gender is finding yourself, a, a way of finding yourself. And, you know, with, with Hedvig, that was my window into the world. It, it, I found myself through drag. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I found the real me that was crushed under Catholicism and militarism mm-hmm. and even a heteronormative kind of acting world, which was mm-hmm. like you got to be in the closet to work and, and that shit. Like you're yeah. supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I just want to go back to um, Oklahoma. Brilliant. <laughs> I just saw that uh, – Revival on Broadway, which I call Woke <laughs> which is fantastic. I love that. And then uh, um, uh, Binarchy. Binarchy is a good word, right? I love, I love a portmanteau. Yeah. Anything that's <laughs> mashed up, I love. And then the one earlier was a disaster podcast. Disaster 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 We know procrastination. Yes, we know procrastination. Which Absolutely. I did this morning before I, yeah, um, before who, I packed. Who didn't? Yeah, I would be, I'd be ashamed if you didn't. <laughs> And yes. But disasturbation is when there's nothing left to do. Nothing left but to do. Disasturbation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. We are in the Capitol Records building talking to John Cameron Mitchell. Uh, a beautiful building. A beautiful Google building. Google it. Google it, exactly. But, you know, um, we're talking about lots of issues. You know, we, you know, the, the podcast is out there, Anthem. But um, what do you say? What do you think it has to happen for our culture to to turn around. Does it have to all break down to the ground before we can build it back it's on its up? Way. I mean, young people say that we need a revolution. It's like they don't know what the fuck revolution is. Correct. People die in revolution. Yeah. We need to humanely find a way to be in the same room. I mean, if we're doing everything on you know, I was on I was on Grinder and someone you was like yelling at me there, politically. <laughs> well, I'm, in, I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I always pull in LA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you're home, you're like, oh, I'm going to stay home. Um, <laughs> what about being right. famous, though? You know, I'm you know, a celebrity. People well, know who you are. John. Only a, a, a small percentage uh, on Grinder would recognize me. And, and it's usually a thank you. and. Since I did invent it in short bus, you, you the invented Yenta, the I have whole, no shame yeah, about yes, it. And yeah. it's like, whatever. I'm like, no one cares. If there shouldn't be shame anyway. Dirty picture. You know, I remember in the 90s, someone taking pictures of me during sex. And I was like, oh, this is so dangerous. My <laughs> career. And it was in L.A., trash capital. And it was someone who was a wonderful guy. He's passed on. He, he was actually, a, you know. In William Burroughs' garden at one point. He was a great oh. photographer. But he's like, I want to take pictures of you drinks. And I was like, oh, oh. I'm like, yeah. It was kind of hot. And then he, but I didn't want to be that guy. He was like, I want the negatives. Yeah, you know, right. which, uh, you know, that's what actors do. Give yeah. me the negatives or I'll yeah. destroy you. I wonder where those pictures are. Well, I, he sent me copies. <clears throat> and then I... Um, Found them like 10 years later. And back then I was like, bury them in my Bible. Right. <laughs> in Leviticus. Nobody will ever look. And then I found them <laughs> recently and I'm like, I am scanning and distributing <laughs> this ass pick because it will never. Yes. Yes. The quarters bounced wow. off that ass. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone uh, nowadays is like, I don't care if my yeah. dick is going around right. sure. campus. Yeah. Yeah. Sit on my Facebook. Yeah. But to me, it's like I, I, you know, bemoan the fact that in 
because of digital stuff, like I was mentioning, a lot of young people are more flaky about the actual meeting or the actual sex, and they're imitating porn, and they're not taking right, the time. Right, right, right. And that is all symptomatic of the polarization, too. When people only read the news they want to read, when they only look at the porn they want to, mm-hmm. or, you know, that tiny part of sex, which guys can do so yeah. well. They're yeah. very Asperger's about sex. You're mm-hmm. like, I'm really into, you know, those hoop earrings. Can I fuck your hoop earrings? Sure. <laughs> if I can take pictures. <laughs> right. Guys are so I'll visual. Give you the negatives. They are. You know, women are not Correct. trolling to, you know, jerk off to a ball shot. Yeah. Not most you know. of them anyway. No. I mean, I'm sure there are some. And to me, it's like we all have that variety, but we have something to learn too from both. You know, women sometimes just to relax about sex, men to connect it to feeling. Right. To take your time. Yeah. You know, it's – I keep joking that, you know, doing short bus, I – as a gay man, I, I learned to identify a fake female orgasm very quickly because I'm a dispassionate observer. Mm-hmm. And I believe every uh, – you know, so many straight guys have learned about female orgasms from porn. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not the best no. model. Right. Not realistic <laughs> right. at all. Yeah. So they really should have a gay man in the room. <laughs> real. <laughs> not real. Ha- I'm on our way. No, faked. Yeah, Right. Your your purse is on fire, man. Yeah, a personal taster or a, a monitor because a, a guy cannot be objective. Not that I want to call out a fake orgasm right. but I, because I have – sometimes they're very expedient and necessary. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Yes, you absolutely. Know, I've, 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 sure. I have faked them. Yes. Now, now um, before Same. we go, just to, to – you're about to talk about how you were shamed by someone on Grindr. But I also oh, yeah. want to get – um, before we leave, I want you to talk about David Bowie and, and if he um, uh, factored into your artistic vision as a kid. Yeah, I, I lived in Scotland briefly because my mom's uh, Scottish in the early 70s. So he was on the top of the pops and it was like this alien androgynous figure who scared the shit out of me, of mm. course, because that was in me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, he's just so, you know, he's Gene Genie. He's dressed as a reptile. I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I was more into cuddly, you know, uh, basic, Elton John, basically or rollers basic rose, yeah. or sweet, <clears throat> even T-Rex. But he was like from another world. And I remained, you know, agnostic or just scared of him until 79. There was a famous thing that I'm sure Rue remembers that was uh, a Saturday Night Live episode where he sang in drag and then he sang in a marionette, Yeah, you know, Body. Uh-huh. He sang "Boys Keep Swinging" and TVC One Five, and his backup singers were the aforementioned Klaus Nomi, uh-huh. a, a legendary new wave singer, German Weimar meets new wave brilliant guy. Did you know him? I didn't, but I knew he was Joey. A beautiful. I know Joey, and of course Joey Arias, who is a legendary uh, performer in so many ways and survivor. Yeah, with such a great outlook on life um, doing his backup and it was it changed my life and so it I was like maybe that was the beginning of Hedvig also seeing uh, Charles Bush who was came back to Northwestern where he went and do a performance and I'm like he would always be like I was so femme no one's gonna cast me so I gotta write my own stuff yeah. it's true. and I was like hmm you know so that was the beginning also Sandra Bernhardt other people who were doing their own unusual things uh, with Stephen Stephen Trask and I watching and learning and uh, 
you know, I wasn't a real drag queen at Squeezebox, but I, w- I was a Broadway person wanting to learn, mm-hmm. you know. And I, you know, Sherry Vine was like, I'm going to show you how to tuck mm-hmm. personally. <laughs> and I was like, Sherry, you're so nice. <laughs> Spread them. Um, little did I know that no one could see me below the neck. <laughs> but I was nicely tucked. And she's like, no, more like that. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Uh-huh. And uh, so I did all my, you know, I'm such. I was such a research guy. You know, the opposite of a lot of drag, which is like, that's just fucking do, do it, it. Yeah. in the moment. You know, right. I was like preparing, yeah. learning. You know, st- staining my acid wash dress with tea bags to get the right tone. Sepia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, getting the wig right, which keeping keeping the wig on it. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the wig tag on it, which was very mini pearl. Uh-huh. Um, that was my instinct uh, that was trailer park, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So I, you know, learned from the best and yeah. and was freed by it and was not scared anymore of the business because it was the hardest thing I'd done. Nothing scared me anymore. And yeah. Yeah, I was, I was freed. And, I love that. But I also didn't act after – it was my graduation project. You know, I didn't act for 15 years after it. Mm. Mm. You know, until I was directing. Yeah, I love it. So we have so much to talk. We, we've got to go. But, you know, you know uh, John Cameron Mitchell's the podcast called Anthem Something. Hum, hum, hum. Homunculus. <laughs> Homunculus. A luminary <laughs> app. Also, I'm in the show Shrill. Oh, that TV show Shrill. Yeah, which is with, really um, good. With the girl Addie. Uh, uh, A.D. Bryant. A.D. Bryant, who I just love. She's a doll. And everyone on it is great. And I'm going back for the second season. I play her mean gay boss. Oh, I oh, love shame. that. Fat shames her. Oh, oh my goodness. No. I'm like, don't be a metaphor for America. <laughs> She's like, what? Um, but I had to be mean for her to find herself. Oh, she's lovely. That's way it happens. So lovely talking to you. you. Too, I can't wait. Michelle has has heard the podcast. I haven't yet. I can't wait to hear um, Patty, uh, Patty Lapone and Glenn Close and Cynthia Erivo. Got it? Yeah. Marion Cotillard. Oh, my Dennis goodness. O'Hare. So Love fabulous. Dennis Dennis O'Hare, my goodness. I did my first acting job with him, which was Renaissance Fair in Wisconsin. The Ren Fair. What was he doing? What did you play? Was he a serving lunch? We were both going to Northwestern. Were you Thor? He was the cool, you know, upperclassman who was openly gay, which was unheard of in 1982. And, you know, I was very closeted and, you know, we did Shakespeare parodies in uh, Wisconsin Ren Fair and it was, we did like, 12 murders in 10 minutes from Shakespeare, you know, really fast. Oh, that's fun. Actually. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's I love a gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> Can't help it. Well, um, you guys know where to find the podcast. It's on Luminary. 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 And I can't wait to to hear it. I'm so glad to see you guys. I'm so glad to, to see you here. here I'm the... on my way to Mexico in two hours. Oh, that's Are fabulous. Are you really? Oh, my goodness. Have that's, a great show. Have a great Thank show. You. Glad to, last time I saw you in Hedvig, your ankle was broken. You were in a Yes. I had so many great jokes because yeah. of that. I could yeah. rewrite everything. It I said fun. I was kneecapped outside the dress barn <laughs> by somebody in a sting mask. <laughs> I think it was a mask because he was across the street in in a show. <laughs> and then I could say things like, I had no idea Sting was still considered a person of interest. <laughs> it was so fun. In this crime, I meant. Oh, my um, goodness. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining You're us. Welcome. And I can't wait to hear uh, Anthem and and hear about everything else you are doing. Wait, is there a website that people can go to for tickets to this touring uh, show? We don't have one yet, yeah. but 
it, it's going to be in what's LA. Your, what's your handle online? Do they find out on Twitter? And, and all my that? Instagram has it all. Instagram. It's John Cameron Mitchell is my handle, and uh, DM me. You know, I've never been on any social media till a year ago in Instagram. Wow. It's really good. It's for easy. You. Yeah, yeah it is. it's easy. Well, thank you, my love. Welcome, thank dear. you so much. And Michelle, until next time. Yes, baby. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.